friends, welcome to the Taylor May Podcast with Taylor Joy. I'm your host, Taylor, and I am beyond excited that you tuned in today. This podcast is all about giving one of my friends a seat at the table to share their story. You will hear questions and conversations revolved around faith, hardship, community, life journeys, and so much more. As you listen, I really hope you find these stories to be inspiring as you take your next step into the story God is specifically tailoring for your life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Taylor Made. I am stoked to jump into today's episode because not only is it with my really good friend Emily, but her story is so rad in the way that she has dealt with transitions and the way that she has dealt with questioning God and the way that she has dealt with finding community. So I am praying that today that this episode would be just a light and a fresh win for your journey as you're dealing with either transitions or just questioning God in certain things, or just trying to find people around you to lift you up. I know Emily has dealt with that, and Emily is able to today speak into that for you. And so I'm praying that this would be loud and clear as you step into this journey um, for your life. And so with that being said, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your encouraging words. And thank you for being so receptive to my friend's stories. With all that being said, enjoy this episode with Emily Noble. Well, hi, Emily. Hey. Thanks for being on my podcast today. Anytime. I really appreciate you being here and with you sharing your story, but also sharing some insights of who you are and what's go- what God's doing in your life. Um, but with all that to say, I wanted to kind of give a backstory as to how we met and how we became friends and then kind of give some insights as to what God's been doing in your life and how he's been ever able to intercede and to um, just share and speak life into you and into your friends but i met you in december like literally Mm -hmm. what what's july i was actually november i met you oh it was november yeah i'm of november November? 6th and then i met you whatever that following wednesday was at ethos so the middle of november really Mm -hmm. is that so that was before the baby at school outside yes because i'd met you already I'm using my calendar to go back. <laughs> it would have been Let's count the November days. 6th. So I met you November 14th because that was my first ethos that I went to. Wow. Yeah. And then there wasn't really any ethos the next one because of Thanksgiving. We had Friendsgiving. But Friendsgiving. Yeah. 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 And like I couldn't make it to that one because I worked. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And then we hung out the following week after that. So we hung out like that last week, first week. Right. Of, December last week of November yeah so yeah and I think the reason why I was so like oh my gosh who is this Emily girl uh-huh. is because of you moving so so not abruptly but just leaving everything in Seattle to come to California mm-hmm. and I was like I need to hear more about this mm-hmm. I need to know more about her story so that's why I was like what who is this Emily girl and then we got kombucha kombucha at whole foods all the food <laughs> and now you can't drink it anymore i know so sad it's so sad but yeah we went to whole foods and it was so fun and then we the one thing i remember talking about at whole foods was hikes yeah that was probably the only one of the only things i remember i was like mm-hmm. this girl knows all about hikes and i don't know anything about <laughs> hikes compared to hikes in california right it's so different yeah washington hikes are so different than here i saw i haven't really been on many since i've been here i've been on one I think. But they, like, just don't compare. They're just not the same. <laughs> I'm not as, like, like 
gung-ho about going and hiking here it's just way different and if you go now you have to go like at 6 a.m so it's not too hot Mm. yeah literally and there's like no waterfall at the end of the hike yeah you just kind of hike around in a circle you hike around houses Mm -hmm. which i mean it could be cool but yeah and then to get to like a legit hike we have to hike or like drive a little ways drive like two hours dude i'd be down to drive to big bear with you one day and go do a hike out there though let's do it even the one that I did at the camp was super fun. It was a mile long, but it was <laughs> See, super like legit. It, it, I mean, it's pretty, but it's just, it doesn't yeah. compare. It was, it was the closest thing that to, that we have. It just had less trees, but there was still a ton of trees because we're in the mountains. So it was still really hilly, everything. It reminded me like almost like a couple hikes at home. Nice. So okay. I think if we head more towards the mountains, we'll get, oh my gosh, I keep hitting the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're sitting uh, next yeah. to a window right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would, I would love to go and, I mean, we're going in October mm-hmm. to Washington. Yes. So I'll love to experience a hike that I could not experience here because mm-hmm. hikes are great here. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. they just don't compare. Rattlesnake Ridge is happening. I don't know what that one is, oh, but. It's the one that <laughs> overlooks the lake that i showed you oh that, that one pictures was of hannah it. just there is that the one um no hannah did one her hike was 10 uh, or 10 yeah it took her like 10 hours around so we're not gonna wow, probably okay. have time to do a hike yeah. like that <laughs> we could definitely do it but then we'd be burnt out for the rest of the trip yeah unless you want to do like three really fun like three mile hikes then we could do that and that'd be a lot more fun that's true experiencing three different hikes yeah hmm I would, yeah, I'm so up for anything yeah. when we go. Because mm-hmm. I'd rather take you to do that, take you to, like, a waterfall mm-hmm. up close. Like, Could I touch it, like, put my hand uh, in the water? It's a little tricky to get to, but I think you can get close enough that you can, like, get pretty, like, drenched from it. Oh, okay. So I'll take you to Wallace Falls, and then I'll take you to Rattlesnake. Anyway, <laughs> this well, is I'm super, the No, point. I'm super excited. <laughs> I, well, I want to yeah. actually experience a hike. Because I tell people hidden hikes here all the time. Mm-hmm. But then when I talk about someone that's like actually been on a hike, like mm-hmm. an actual hike, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I, I know nothing. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about hikes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you're from Seattle. Uh-huh. Yes. So that's where you're Ooh. from, right? Yes. Uh, just outside of Seattle, a little town called Mill Creek. Mill so Creek. Cute. It sounds like a total like hick town kind of, but <laughs> it's not. It used, to be, it used to be like 80% Buffalo Farms. and um yeah just you know life and now it's mostly neighborhoods and apartment buildings so is there any like i mean there's still trees and farmland yeah there's there's not as many there's not really any farmland anymore Mm. the trees are all planted by man now for the most part other than the pockets of green belts that like kind of run in between neighborhoods where there are power lines and it's certified wetland area so they can't touch any of that green belt. And oh, so wow. it's super long and it runs through like pretty much everywhere. They're everywhere in Washington. Wow. So compared to here. Yeah. I wish we had. Yeah. It'd be like looking here. out your back window and it's just like a ton of trees. Was that weird moving here and not seeing as many trees? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I'm like you, I mean, you'll see it when you get there too. Mm-hmm. I know you're going, um, soon and you'll see that part and that's very similar and then you'll see kind of where i grew up yeah and so i think it'll be just like a different like Mm -hmm. looking out there's just always trees and here you can tell like these trees are all just like man put them here (laughs) not just like they've been growing here forever yeah i literally that tree in our backyard i remember when it was a stub yeah like we planted it Mm -hmm. 
and now it's this big green tree but i don't know what it's like to live around trees that have just been have there. been there for <laughs> yeah, so many years they're tall they're not like yeah. they're huge evergreen trees so mm-hmm. they're you know 50 feet plus tall they're huge they're just in your backyard which gets scary when it gets windy because right. usually those are also intertwined by like some power lines usually go through those greenland areas because it's just safer it keeps most things away but if that there's like a big you know windstorm trees do fall over a lot because they're usually wet and then they knock over power lines a lot so if you have one of those in your backyard which i did for like five years it's kind of scary because you're like oh my gosh if a tree falls on our house and the power lines come down with it it's gonna catch on fire yeah Yeah. just like Mm. it's it can be super nerve-wracking in those times yeah yeah Yeah. well moving here and having that transition what what led you to come to california what was that journey like and what happened um so the longer version is tell me all of it (laughs) tell you all of it my story begins in 1992 (laughs) okay not all (laughs) okay make up your mind taylor (laughs) um okay so i was at a youth conference um i had been mentoring like a few high school girls at the time and it was 2013 and my old church used to do this huge youth event every single year they still do it. it's really awesome um and i remember as during worship i was like finally falling in love with seattle like i never loved seattle i'd never really cared for washington that much because it's super dark and meh and so Anyway, I, I was like, Jesus, I love it here so much. And I never <laughs> want to leave. And I'm singing and I'm like, I'm having the best time. And abruptly, the Lord is like, you're not going to be here forever. And I was like, okay, either you mean not in Washington or like on the planet. And I was like, <laughs> one of those is kind of dark, Lord. Um, but definitely meant not in Washington forever. And so I remember leaving that service feeling like, I don't know what to do anymore because I just got comfortable. And so, um, you know, time kind of passed and people would be like, oh, I could really see you living in California. And I'd be like, who are you? Like, who says that randomly to a person? And it was my friends that really loved the Lord. And like, hey, I would like I had two friends that were like, hey, I was in my room praying. And the Lord told me to tell you, like, that you're moving and like all this like weird stuff. And I'd be like, what is going on? Cause I only shared what the Lord has spoken to me with like two other people that weren't even in my internship at the time. Wow. So I was like, what, why are you telling me all these things? I'm kind of mad about it. And so, you know, my heart's really hard and I'm like, Lord, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. If I go, you have to change my heart. And so that following summer, the Lord had put the verse Isaiah six, eight on my heart where Isaiah's response to the Lord was, here I am, send me. And I'd seen it so clearly with a vision of an arrow, which is what my tattoo represents, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then randomly, a few months later, our internship started again, and one of the pastors prophesied that verse and the arrow over me. And it was just so like, oh my gosh, like, okay, I guess I'm really doing this. Like, the, uh, like, the confirmation was so clear. If mm-hmm. anybody had a more like direct sign that hey you're moving to california it was me like there was no way i was gonna get out of it yeah and so even with the people i chose to tell like of the two that i told first and only told one remembered so you're talking years of like 
me just trying to figure out my life. I put moving to California on the back burner. I did go to visit a couple of times and 2015 I had the realization like I could definitely move here and then went back home. I got in a car accident. I had issues with like boy drama and just heartbreak and not really knowing where I stood with Jesus anymore and mm-hmm. what I believed about him and just as going back and forth. And, um, as I kind of came out of that really hard and dark season, um, you know, is approaching the end of 2018 and I saw my one friend and he reminded me like, Hey, didn't the Lord tell you you were going to move to California? And just him re sparking that after I've been praying for like old dreams and desires to kind of come about. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. He totally did. So I uh, booked a flight and I came to visit in March and I asked Jesus, okay, if you want me to move now, I need a home. I need a work like place that I can transfer to like super close to home. I need a church, blah, blah, blah. And within 48 hours of my five day trip, the Lord answered everything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is this real? Like, is this real life? So it was surreal leaving, but it was all the Lord that totally got me here. And even without knowing the reason why or the intention for it, I'm still like, I still came. So, and I'm still figuring that out now. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. I'm almost a year in and I'm like, I don't know why I'm here, but I do know that the Lord's hand has been on this whole entire move. So as far as transitions go, it, it's been so easy, mm. like so easy. Did that come more of like your security in your relationship with God or was it more people coming alongside you and being, being able to speak into that? Like what made it so like easy, that transition so easy for you? I think it was definitely, I mean, moving to a new area where you don't know more than like two people is super scary. Right. Um, and the, you know, wanting to go to East side, I was like, okay, I know the worship pastor who's low key kind of famous. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, that's it. We're not super close by any means. And that's it. That's the only person I know this whole entire church. And so I think that if it had not been for the one roommate that I knew that was like, I know one other person that goes to Eastside and her connecting me to you guys and like getting to build strong relationships within my first month. Mm -hmm. I think that was such like a, okay, I, I can do this and made the transition so much easier because I just didn't have to worry about making friends. It just happened so naturally and so easily that I was like, okay, Lord, you want me here. Yeah. And so I didn't really have any kind of doubts or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just so vivid mm-hmm. Yeah. to why. And even the transition, making that transition easy, mm-hmm. like there's no turning back if like you feel like you're home or mm-hmm. at at least in a safe space yeah moving here right which all you guys did for me so quickly and so from i mean charles all the way to like you guys and even just the random people that maybe i'm not super close with that ethos like they still made me feel so seen and so loved and that was just something i hadn't experienced before Mm -hmm. so that was such a sign of like true community which is another thing that I've been praying for because my last community kind of fallen apart and kind of dwindled and you know my best friends their lives are way different than mine and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to keep connected all the time like you know I wanted yeah yeah that's so good so once you got here and you became more connected and more yeah more involved with east side that's when we and a couple other girls became really close 
and then I started hearing more about your heart, your story, and what was going on in your life, even just being in California, not just the transition before Seattle to California. And I remember having a conversation. I forgot where exactly we were, but you were just expressing some frustrations and some questions that you had for the Lord and just trying to navigate emotions and, you know, questioning. And um, what was that season like for you? Because I know after transitions, like having those doubts still can creep up and can create some, yeah, some type of chaos in your heart. Like, how was that? And what helped you kind of step out of that moving forward? I think what was really interesting is that I never doubted whether or not California was where I was supposed to be, which that was the wildest thing. Cause most people are like, okay, Lord, like I think more of my doubt was, okay, you brought me here. Was it for nothing? Mm. And so I had a lot of doubts. Like what is, what is my purpose for being down here? And so I think navigating through that was just on, honestly talking to him and seeking, okay, God, like, what do you want? And even now I still don't quite know. Mm-hmm. I've been more productive with certain areas of my life, which has been great. And I've been able to thrive in those areas and, um, become more of my true self and who Christ has like made me to be. Um, and so I think any of the doubt that I had, I just navigated through prayer and through like, Hey, maybe I don't get to know. And like, maybe that's the like fun adventure of my walk with Jesus is that, Maybe sometimes I know a little bit, which, hey, you're moving to California. That's super awesome. But what am I doing? You don't get to know that. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the Lord knows I love spontaneity and adventure and mystery and all those things. So, of course, like as much as like my curiosity is like, but why? The Lord's like, I know what you really love. And I think you'll be more surprised when things start happening in your mm-hmm. life that you don't expect to happen. And yeah. so, cause it makes me keep going when that happens. And so I think less, there's less doubt because I knew that the move was right and just, you know, regular homesickness and other things, you know, I miss my family really close to my sisters. And, um, so that made it really hard being away from them, but stepping into new relationships with you guys and like your family's taking me in so quickly made that homesickness uh, just so much easier to navigate through as well. So relationship with the Lord and definitely relationship with people made the doubt and the worry and the concerns all kind of vanish super quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're a part of my family. <laughs> I'm a Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I felt for you like with, even though I've never been through a transition like that or even frustrations like that of doubt as to like what now, like, why am I here? There's just something so raw about your boldness that I couldn't shake off. I was like, she, she needs to feel like she belongs because she does belong. And so taking you in was such a joy for us as a family and being able to make you feel like this is, this is a safe place. This is your home. Like, and that's so needed in community through people because you never, I mean, I didn't know you in November. Like I, I, I was just like, okay, cool. Like, this is a friend, Emily. Awesome. But as you get to know people and you get to hear what they're going through, like be that open door and be that invite to a space that they can feel good in Mm -hmm. and safe in. Yeah. 
That's good. And you, you express a lot of these feelings or even just these, the, the season of life that you're going through, like by writing, right? Mm -hmm. Is that something that you tend to do? Yes, I do. Often. Yes, yes, yes. Is that with your blog? Yes. <laughs> you want to plug blog. a plug in? <laughs> um, it's something Links special. in our bio. Links in my bio on my Instagram. Um, hit your girl up. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing up a peace sign. Y'all can't see me. <laughs> no one can see that. But yes. Okay. No, I threw up a peace sign. And that means so much to me if you go and check out my blog. Yes, um, please do. But what yeah. started that? Was that just a thing that you just wanted to do randomly I think I always just wanted to be a good writer like I don't know it was just something when I was younger like I you know I wanted to have the best paper that would go in for writing something and it did not happen often I don't think I was very good back then but I think that they oftentimes had outlines for things and I just couldn't stick to them because my creative writing skill is way different than other kids. That's cool. And so the way I'd wrap things up or want to tell more of a story, they'd be like 500 words. And I'd be like, I need 1500 words. Like, (laughs) you know, as like an eight year old, like why, why are you doing this to me? And so, um, I think that I always had the desire to want to write and be good at it. And so as you know, I learned about Jesus and I read more blog posts about people and their journeys and whatever. I was so inspired to keep writing. And, and I think, you know, kind of a cliche in the Christian culture is journaling. You know, we all say we're journaling or journal or whatever it might be. Like I journal once a week, I journal five times a week, journal twice a day, whatever floats your boat. I don't journal that much. That's insane (laughs) um um, but I think that I just was like oh I kind of have like a real desire to write but I didn't want to just journal like I don't know I I love the Lord and I celebrate when I'm happy but I like I'd rather journal about the bad days because then it's like I feel like the reality is like oh if I journal about the bad days I see how far and few they are in between the good days Mm -hmm. and so I think I got inspired by that kind of stuff and um, it led me to like, okay, how can I use what I've gone through to encourage other people? So I started a blog a long time ago. It was probably during my internship, like 2011, 2012, and I would just write um, whatever was on my heart. I'd write a poem. I'd write some kind of like thing. I used to post on Facebook too, like those Facebook Aww. notes and I'd tag like 25 people. <laughs> you still have those I up? think I deleted them recently. No. Um, oh my gosh, I was, Emily. I was, Oh, I can't believe the things that I said. I was like, I'm so sorry. I tagged certain people <laughs> on these things. I just didn't know I was a new believer. So right. I was really excited, you know, and asking questions and whatever. Um, and so I think, that my blog post kept growing and then all of a sudden I stopped again that hard season came and I just I got rid of everything other than like a couple captions on Instagram posts that I'd used and so that was really hard and I I you know sometimes I wish that I wouldn't have done that but sometimes I'm glad that I did because it feels like those parts I wrote it all down I got it all out and then I got rid of it like Mm -hmm. you know throwing things in the fire kind of like it, it was like a fresh start when I came back to writing, like, okay, I get to start over again and I get to really, okay, I know who I am. I know who Christ is and I know who he is to me. I know who the Lord is. Like I walk with him and like, 
now when I write, I can do that for other people and be like, Hey, I went through this circumstance. It was really hard, Mm -hmm. but here's how I processed and got out of it. And so now I can write more from that angle of like, I had really hard season or I had this going or even currently, like I have to deal with confrontation. I wrote a blog post on confrontation and I asked a ton of people, Hey, what do you do? What do you like about confrontation? What don't you like about confrontation? And I think that, um, that's kind of the angle of it all now, but kind of started just from a young age of loving to write all the way to, you know, the Lord wants to use me to speak into other people's lives and make sure they never feel like they're the only one going through what they're going through. Yeah. I think that's something we miss a lot is like, I'm the only one that's going through this, but even if no one else in your sphere is going through the same thing you're going through at the same time, doesn't mean they've never gone through what you're going through. And so, yeah. Mm. I love the way your blogs are set up or like laid out. Mm -hmm. It's, it kind of, it reminds me more of like poems than anything. Mm -hmm. Like it, I mean, obviously it gives advice and like life experiences and things that you've been through, but the flow of it is so easy to Mm -hmm. digest. Yeah. And to breathe in. Second person to tell me that. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, no way. I always get, I I always assume that, but I think my love for writing started with poetry. And so I think that's why I stay very poetic. Mm -hmm. Like Shauna Nyquist, I feel like she's very poetic when she writes because it's so simple and easy to read and it flows together so well. And so I, I, you know, get a lot of inspiration from her writing style. Yeah, that's so cool. And you have a common theme within, I mean, you keep it consistent. Mm -hmm. You have like, consistent words that you use consistent I mean you call well I could be wrong but you call your readers friends Mm -hmm. sometimes like you relate really deeply to whoever reads Mm -hmm. your posts right and blogs um but one word that you continually use at the end of your blogs is garden Mm -hmm. and you know you talk about taking care of your garden you know, your garden's blooming. Why is that word so significant for you? Um, I think gardens are super significant um, because not only is it like it's lives basically in a way, like you're taking care of plants and everything. Every plant needs something different than the next plant. Just like every area of our lives needs something different. Like mm-hmm. every friendship, like if you have a romantic relationship, your love languages are going to be different and how you receive them than it might be with your friends or if you have kids or whatever. And so with our gardens, it's the same thing. And I look at the Bible too and the significance of gardens. I mean, everything started out in a garden. How important are gardens then? You know, Mm. you know, you have that one area that you shouldn't touch, but you do. So if we're looking at that, the tree and we say, okay, what's the tree in my life that I keep going back to? We all have a garden inside of us that like, we need to work on and process through. And even Jesus in the, um, the garden when he's, you know, crying, Hey Lord, it, is this really what you have for me? If it is, I'll do it. But if this isn't like this, I'll run, like I'll be done. Like I won't do it. And just the, the privacy of the garden, the intimacy of the garden, the, the realities of the garden, there's a lot of pain in the garden. There's a lot of growth in the garden. There's a lot of good and bad and, attention needed for certain areas of everybody's garden and so that's kind of why I chose it because I think that gardens are super significant for our lives and more relatable than most other things yeah 
Uh, I love that. I love the different themes within each garden. Because mm-hmm. a garden could be such... You could celebrate in a garden. Because mm-hmm. Garden party. Garden party. <laughs> we love <laughs> we garden parties. throw a garden party. Garden parties, yeah. But, but yeah, there's so many different emotions that can portray mm-hmm. everyone's garden. And it can be so different. Yeah. And so unique to each person's heart. Mm-hmm. I love... I love when you sign off with that. Mm-hmm. I was looking back on your blogs preparing for this and you didn't start using that word or have you always used that I, word? Since my first one, yeah. Since your first one? Okay. Yeah. The first one though, it started out and or it ended with um, my garden is blooming and it is beautiful. And so I started the whole series with my garden and kind of my journey and like recognizing I'm a garden. I have beautiful parts of me and I also have really ugly parts of me. Mm -hmm. I might have roses that look great and that might be like my social skills with my friends and they're so trimmed and they look awesome. But you turn around and you look at the daisies behind me and that represents, you know, my social skills with my family or work or whatever. And they're dying. (laughs) You know, I haven't taken any time to like, oh, right. You need my attention too. Mm. And so I started off with my garden and then I was like, well, if people like that and people liked how I signed off on it, I was like, well, what about other people's gardens? And so that's why I switched it to other people's gardens too. Mm. Cause just as mine is growing and blooming and changing, so are other people's too. And I wanted them to feel like you're your own garden, but we're all like gardens together. So mm. I love that. I love metaphors and mm-hmm. things that you can relate to that are so understandable mm-hmm. and that you can take on and actually lean into and yeah. practice. Cause that's true. I got a few roses and daisies in my garden that need caring for. Mm-hmm. And I think your, I mean, your blogs are such a true Testament to that because you're caring for your own garden, mm-hmm. which helps inspire people that read it to take care of theirs. And so I feel that deeply from your blogs. I love reading your blogs. Are you posting one this week? I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was in a rut, guys. I, I learned not to force myself to write because if I don't, I'm just not going to put out anything inspired. I want to only write when I'm like inspired by the Holy yeah. Spirit or by Jesus to like actually write something. I don't want to like just write to write because yeah. as much as it keeps me in practice, I'll write something else for fun maybe to keep me in practice. But when it comes to like, I'm going to encourage you, I'm not going to just, okay, hopefully I can come up with stuff. If I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to try to encourage you guys in that. Like, (laughs) hey, I love y'all. I know you want to maybe hear something, but I I don't have anything. I've not been enlightened by anything. Right, right. But yeah, I'm excited Mm -hmm. for this week. It's going to be good. When are you posting it? Um, Hopefully today or tomorrow. I like to try to post on Thursdays. Nice. Um, So we'll see what happens. This week is finding a new normal in a world of unrealistic expectations so and you got that inspiration from your coworker. my you coworker, said? yeah because i have a lot of my eating things that i have going on mm. um just i was talking to her i was like i i have to figure out what i have to eat i have to start over from scratch and i have to you know just take these 30 things i can eat and make meals out of them for two weeks until i start figuring out what are the real foods that really bother me and she goes, it's just you finding a new normal. And I was like, 
I like that. <laughs> a new normal. I was like, you're right. And so it'll play a little bit into that and me trying to find a new normal, but other areas of our lives that we have to find a new normal and like, mm-hmm. hey, what happens if you have a really bad breakup? What's your new normal? You know, after if you guys were together for a while or you got a you got a different job or you got, you know, fired from your job or whatever it might be, like how do you process through figuring out your new season? So mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. I can't wait to read it. It's going to be lit. It's going to be in her Instagram bio too. (laughs) Instagram bio. Check it out. Yeah. At, what is it? At At underscore Emily Noble. There you go. Yeah. Um, My Twitter's open though. Go, (laughs) go frolic. I'm really funny on Twitter. (laughs) What's your username? Uh, It's, it's Jernobyl on Twitter. So go, uh, go follow me there. Um, It's a good time. I don't have a Twitter. So, Oh yeah, you don't see how funny I am. I mean, I, I see mean, it in real life. True. You if she is my real humor, I'll show you some of my tweets later. <laughs> um, and if you're listening to this, go follow me. You'll not be disappointed. <laughs> she yeah, she shares that she's really funny on Twitter, but I haven't seen any proof. So you're about to. <laughs> if I get like an account and just follow one person, I told you just to do that. I know. I think that'd be really funny. I just one of my <sighs> best tweets. Let me read it to you guys. Oh, I'm ready. I think I've heard it already, though. Probably shared it. So that's proof enough. It's Jesus. If my bank account could just touch the hem of your garment. Oh, it's good. My God. <laughs> How many retweets? Uh, 25. Nice. Is that that's, a lot? That's pretty good. Uh, my best one was when I said not all heroes wear capes and it was all Costco <laughs> food workers. <laughs> and it got like tons and tons i was like this is gonna go viral and it didn't here's my guys this is my real goal and i hate that it's a goal of mine i just want one tweet to go viral and then i'll probably (sighs) never go on twitter again but that's been like my goal never go on twitter after you go viral probably not i just want one tweet to just like circulate and do so well yeah that i'm like done i did it <laughs> and now then back to instagram yeah back to instagram are you brainstorming what that tweet could be i don't know i don't brainstorm any of my tweets they just literally come to my brain yeah. and then i tweet them it's like the not filtered comments kind of right so yeah i got lots of good ones here i'll, I'll let you look at this one because oh, there's gosh. one with luke p from the bachelorette i just thought literally <laughs> bought the tomato looked like him in that scene where he looks down straight <laughs> yeah, down when yeah. he looks straight down and he's kind of uh, red-faced guys um, the bachelorette is frustrating it is frustrating don't watch it if you if you have free time do something else <laughs> do something else yeah this is the first year i'm really watching it yeah and i'm mad at myself because I, are you invested i'm not that invested actually okay. like i we missed last week and i was fine like right, i didn't same. care i literally just missed hanging out with you guys <laughs> honestly it's for the quality time yeah i i honestly can't i i don't care less wait what is that the right i saying? couldn't care less i couldn't care less yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yesterday so for those of you that don't know which you probably know i tend to say the wrong words or say just different words that don't mean that word, if she that just makes sense. makes up her own words. I have my own phrases. vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. Dictionary. Taylorisms. Yeah. That's what we call them. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, but yesterday I was listening to like 80s, 70s music with mm-hmm. my parents. And I was like, oh, this is 70s R-B-N-B. R-B-N-B. <laughs> and, <laughs> R-B-N-B. <laughs> and my mom was like, 
no, you did not just say that. And I was like, I, wait, Airbnb. And then I was like, oh, shoot, it's R&B. And then it, it was, I was so delirious last night that I was just like cracking myself up. But I say things like that all the time. I was talking to Maddie about that last podcast, too. Yeah. I they just, love it though i know you guys love perry it. coined it as a taylorism and i think it's great because it is yeah like you're you do it more than anybody i've ever known in my whole life <laughs> in the best way like oh, it always good, yeah. keeps us like on our toes yeah like when is she gonna say something that's just so like it's like almost there but it's just not there <laughs> like it's not even close but you you get to laugh about it airbnb is really close airbnb it, i mean yeah that it's was like she just add an extra b <laughs> <laughs> and an n <laughs> our bed breakfast <laughs> rap wait what is it rap and blues is that what it's called uh-huh. that's what yeah it's called okay um but anyway so i just have a lot of stories like that so as you guys are listening to my podcast hopefully you continue to listen i will probably slip a few things here and there oh for sure and i hope you do uh it will it will if she catches it if there's a blooper reel (laughs) i know i'm gonna i'm gonna have a blooper reel for sure or just a casual talk reel yeah like something on the side yeah for frenzy especially if you start recording it live and then you can be like oh my gosh yeah i messed up and then people can see your reactions and your face that's true too yeah It'd yeah i won't i won't edit anything out it's gonna be raw and real raw and real <laughs> that's how a lot of podcasts are yeah so yeah but i i'm hopefully it's not gonna hopefully happen all the time uh-huh. but it'll, just every it's that's the thing that's there. why it's a taylorism it doesn't happen all the time like you're guaranteed maybe one when you hang out with Taylor and it's maybe amazing. Two. Yeah. Maybe two. So it's great. We have a whole list of things that we have all said, but most of it's mainly what I've said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's wrong. It's good though. It's so good. Thank you. Thanks. We love it. And I laugh it off. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we're not making fun of you. Yeah. It's just yeah, always yeah. so funny. It's so funny. It gives us another thing to like laugh about. Yeah. And I think that that's always <laughs> fun. You bring the laughter. Well, your so Tay Joy. You. <laughs> your Tay Joy and you bring the joy, you know? But you so do you. I feel it. like it's everyone's. Um, I think it's. I think you and me feed off of each other yes, a lot. And yeah. I feel like maybe people love it, but maybe people <laughs> don't love it. I feel like there's a, there's a sense of like, Oh my gosh, I'm enjoying this to a certain extent. Yeah. I feel like after like maybe 30 minutes, <laughs> they have to like, leave the offices. <laughs> I feel like we've been really good though lately. Like, yeah. I feel like we found our balance. Like if nobody else is around, we go crazy. Right. And then when people are around, we'll make a couple jokes and then, you know, you it know, goes over there. really well. I think that we found our balance. I yeah. think that we were just super excited at first. <laughs> well, I'm so <laughs> like, excited to be your friend. Right. Oh, but for it sure. Is, it's different. But I yeah. think, yeah, we were like, I think hey, you and me are both sensitive to other people. And we're like, maybe we're a little bit yeah. intense. Yeah. Maybe we scare people away. But when we say something funny and we can high five and everyone's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you too. <laughs> or do our weird like dance move high uh-huh. five. And uh, we're strange, but I love mm-hmm. it. I absolutely love it. Wouldn't change it. (laughs) I literally wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Well, I first of all, I'm shocked that we even met back in the day. But now that we're friends, eight months ago. Eight months ago. Yeah. Literally, it hasn't even been that long. Yeah. Shoot. Mm Mm-hmm. That's insane. What are you gonna do on your one-year anniversary living in California? I don't know. It's November sixth. Okay. Um, which is really fun. If Tiago ends up listening to this, that's your baby's first birthday. I moved here the day his baby was born. Wow. I thought that was so insane. I was like, of course I did. 
So, um, you know, maybe we'll all go celebrate Chris for my one, Aww, one year. You year. would love that. I would actually love that. I'd love to celebrate a one year old and then go get like food with my friends afterward. Oh, so um, I'm already putting it in the plans. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, since um, you're working for the worship team, you should just like create this whole calendar invite. Oh, I will. Yeah. I'll definitely do it. Chris's birthday plus Emily's one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a little bit more significant. <laughs> we Still. love a good baby birthday. Yeah. So yeah um but yeah i think i don't know what i'll do i don't even know what day of the week that is maybe i'm gonna look ahead right now yeah, you should. and be a planner see and you know you guys can pitch in oh it's a wednesday <gasps> so i'll be at ethos oh, for shoot. sure make it a party I'll be at ethos. i also have to take my iron pills that night so <laughs> <laughs> you have that all in your calendar yeah i do to remind me to take it every other day love it yeah so you I guys have, take your take your vitamins <laughs> i have in, um my insurance payment in my calendar every single day i do too insurance and car payment yeah it's good times i it just started actually notifying me probably two weeks ago and i i know myself mm-hmm. i will forget so i put it in every single day yeah. i still haven't paid <laughs> for it hey. my insurance. <laughs> but i'll send it in soon that's why I do the automatic withdrawal, so it just always yeah. just automatically takes stuff. I really out. need to do that. It's so nice. Then you can just set up one day and be free. Yeah, I this is my first time ever paying for car insurance because I got a new car, so mm. I don't know the ropes yet. Yeah, but I'm learning. Yeah, I'm getting there. Adulting. I am. Our next podcast is on adulting. How to be an adult in a in a world of other people trying to be adults too part two part two <laughs> is this part one of that yeah series? this is part one okay this is part one um first part tip. three enneagram <laughs> <laughs> part three enneagram honestly how yeah. to be an enneagram in today's society please we need to make a podcast about the enneagram oh, easy i mean i don't know much mm-hmm. you know m- way more so you'll be Dr. Noble. Books, you know, Dr. Noble. <laughs> That's what they call me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dr. Be- Noble Enneagram. Enneagram specialist. Enneagram would probably be E-N, you know, do you know, have the do like M-D. Oh, yeah. But E-N, but it's funny because it's my initials. So it's kind of, it would work. Girl, that's actually really clever. I mean, I'm just saying. I'll put that Doctor on- of the Enneagram, E-N-E-N. But I'm also Ian. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for reading like four books on the Enneagram. Yeah, so you know so much about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. But that's also why I, I love our friendship mm-hmm. because of the Enneagram too. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. I kind of pushed you to discover that part of yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that opened so many doors mm-hmm. of being very free in the way that I process and think things through because mm-hmm. I never really allowed myself to have that freedom until I became friends with you and you're doing that. And I was like, what is this girl doing? Mm-hmm. What, how does she know so much about herself? I want to know a, a lot more about myself. And then that opened, opened a few doors mm-hmm. of experiencing that. Yeah. It's tough though. Yeah. It's definitely tough. I mean, you know, you're, you're probably reading stuff now that you're like, Oh yeah, Totally. And then you're going to read more stuff a year from now about Enneagram. You're going to go, 
oh, why is that just now sinking in that way? Mm. Like, because you're still, your defense is still up. Because, I mean, this is a three-year-long thing for me. And I'm still getting rocked of November when I moved here by my Enneagram information. Like, I'm like, oh, I was literally didn't want to hear that. So I numbed that part out. And then rehearing it again made me irritated. And I said, oh, I haven't dealt with this. Mm. And so that's what, it's just like a process. It's an ever growing. Like, what are your triggers? Like, why do things trigger you? What happened that makes you now feel the way you do about certain things? Or why did you numb this out? And like, it's crazy. It's yeah. so in depth and it's so fun. And everybody's so unique. Like you and me are both nines. And so outline we both felt, you know, not as seen and not as heard because our opinions, we didn't feel like they mattered. So we were late on that, but your circumstances, your situations are vastly different than mine. Oh yeah. Which that's where the people get construed. They're like, oh, it's just like a stereotype, but it's not, it's just, it's an outline to help you reach deeper. And people oftentimes like, oh, I don't want to be boxed, but Enneagram doesn't box you because it's like, oh, this is blank, blank, blank. Why this happened. Right. And then her and I can look at each other. Oh my gosh, yes. And here's the situation I remember for me where that was very evident and she can say the same thing, but it's like a different story. Right. But same outcome where we're both like, oh my gosh, we both process these emotions very similarly, which is cool for a friendship too, to be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm normal if I need to process like that or okay, I see why I do this. So Enneagram is really cool. Super helpful. Yeah. If you let it be helpful, it doesn't have to dictate your life doesn't have to be your end all be all no nope. but it's super cool if you want to know who you are like how did god make you and you know know thyself to know is to know god more you want to know god more know how he made you and and celebrate it mm-hmm. and know like god you made me intricately you didn't just make me to be just like jesus you made me to be me trying to be more like jesus yeah we're not going to be jesus we can't be jesus but how can we be our best selves and reflect christ and who we are actually made to be and enneagram helps really well with that Mm -hmm. and that was part one Um, that was part one we're so like we like jump ship from the questions that you No, oh my gosh i do not care whatsoever i love talking about the enneagram i had Honestly, I, at Vanguard, when I went to Vanguard, I was like, I don't want anything to do with the Enneagram. Right. It, did you, were you like, oh, I'm skeptical? Cause oh, yeah. Skeptical. A lot of people see the symbol too, and they think that it's low key, like demonic or something. Illuminati. It, it looks, yeah, it looks like a, almost like a pentagram. It almost right. looks like it has a star in it. So it looks very, it, it resembles that. And so a lot of people are very turned off by that. Yeah. But, realistically historically it was used in christian christian culture a lot before so just the same as strength finder will use that in workplaces that's just like a really small version of like an enneagram like how do you function in my workplace enneagrams like how do you function every day in your life with people you know yeah yeah and then I became friends with you and it was just vastly different. I know. I could tell at first you did not want anything to do really? with it. Really? Yeah. You yeah. seem like there's part of you that was so shut off from it. But I was like, it helped me so much that I was like, look, it's so helpful. Like more. But you have to be willing to like want to like change or else the Enneagram's not going to affect you. No. Like if you go into it like 
you know, like your guards up and you don't want to change, you're not going to, the anagram is not going to work. You have to go in going, okay, God, I have issues. What are they? Where did they come from? And how do I become more of the person you've made me to be and get over these really hard things? Yeah. Yeah. And I was wanting that, but I didn't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then once you shared some of your story as so like why and what and how this helped you and mm-hmm. now how you think about things and now that you know more about yourself, I was like, I long for that. Mm-hmm. I just need to be willing to step into that in order to receive it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't in college. And then after college, I was like, nope, <laughs> I, need, I need to really like listen to myself mm-hmm. and really find out who I am. Mm-hmm. And so now I know a little bit more than I did a year ago, which is a big win for me. Yeah. But definitely t- takes time. It takes a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. that I'm not necessarily the best at. So mm-hmm. it's, it's different, but so good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a spokesperson for it. <laughs> yeah. You become one once it starts to actually change you a little bit. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm different. And mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Okay, so with all that you had to say about transitions, frustrations, being stuck, feeling like you're stuck, trying to navigate things, what would you share to someone that is really frustrated with God in this season? Um, First of all, I want to tell people and this person, it's okay to be frustrated with God because a lot of people feel like I'm mad at God, but I can't be mad at God. And that's the first, you know, inkling of like, Am I even a Christian anymore? If you're mad at God. And I want you to know that's okay because he's our heavenly father. He's not intimidated by us being mad at him. Nope. I mean, if you've never gotten mad at your own dad or your mom or whatever, you know, guardian in your life, then I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the reality of life though. And I think that it's okay if we're frustrated with, with God. So I think that'd be my first thing that I would tell somebody is like, it's okay to be frustrated with God. Cause I've had my fair share of being frustrated with God. I'm like hot and cold. I'm like, God, I love you so much. And the next day I'm so frustrated. Why has this not happened yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? You're a good father. Okay. I'm waiting. I'm suffering and I'm so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) But it's real. But it's real in the moment. Those are really deep feelings. Cause I don't like, I feel things super deeply. And so anyway, that would be my first piece of advice. Like, it's okay. Second thing that I would tell them is tell that to God. Don't just tell me that you're frustrated with him. I'm just really frustrated with God. And I don't know if I'm even a real Christian or whatever. You are. Tell him like, hey, honestly, and this is the best thing. My best friend Lauren told me this. She's like, sometimes I swear God, like, what the are you doing you know i'm not gonna swear your podcast (laughs) no (laughs) like for real (laughs) yeah like when i was moving here like when i was still at home and my health was kind of going down i was like frustrated totally i was like i'm trying to save money for this move and the enemy's attacking and god why are you letting this happen right now like this is so stupid like i was frustrated i was mad i didn't understand and so um but i think the best thing that i did was literally just talk to god i came to him like okay i mean read the psalms read read them they're prayers a lot of them are like god why have you forsaken me yeah like hey god did you forget about me because i'm just sitting here yeah like hey hello but by the end it's always praise Mm -hmm. and i think that once we get out our our frustration first 
we can come back to reality and be like, okay, maybe it's not that big of a deal. God, I'm just really frustrated. It makes me really sad. You have to go through those stages. And I think talking to God is the the best thing that you can do is, you know, from being, okay, it's okay that you're mad at God. <laughs> He's not offended. Yeah. And second, tell him he's there he he wants you know relationship with you i think that's the the probably only two pieces of advice i could give for this i mean and then just always remembering in those times of frustration and um everything the lord says i am always with you he's never left us he doesn't forsake us i'm always with you if you love him he's not going anywhere he's there even if you feel like you don't love him <laughs> He's still there. That's the part of him being so gracious and what we don't deserve. Yeah. But that's the beauty of, of Jesus and the beauty of grace is that we don't deserve any of it. We didn't deserve him to die on the cross for us. And we didn't deserve his grace for us when we feel petty and we don't understand what's going on, but we get that. And that's such a blessing. And so just talk it out, figure it out, come back to praise, thank him for what you've gone through, what you've been through and though the future is scary and you can't see what's coming next, God, thank you that I'm still alive, that I even woke up today. Yeah. Thank you that your word says, and if you're a Christian, you believe this, hey, you have plans to prosper me, not to harm me. So if we believe in the written like word of God, then we believe that he has plans to prosper us and just praise him for that. Hey, thank you that you have plans to prosper me. Like, I can't feel it now, but thank you that your word says it and I believe it. Mm-hmm. And so I think even, you know, we're always going to have undoubt or like doubts and unbelief and not understanding. But I think just the reminder that he's there, he's faithful, he has plans to prosper you. Like you love him. If you've given your life to him, he's not going to be like, oh, well, you're mad at me. So I'm withholding good things from you. He's not a father that withholds good things from us. That's literally the quite the opposite of a good good father that's not what we sing about that's not what we praise him for like Mm -hmm. he's good and he wants to give us the desires of our heart and all the things that maybe are frustrating now they'll come through and maybe the things that you think are desires or that you want for yourself now he's not going to give to you because you'll realize later wow i'm really glad you didn't give me that thing that i wanted and you know navigating frustration can be hard but i think talking with jesus is the best thing you can do and even still, if you're not feeling good after that, talk to a friend, bring it up. <laughs> totally. Let that friend be somebody wise in your life that says, God says he's a good father. God says he has plans to prosper you and let them, even if you get annoyed with him, <laughs> encouraging you, which I've had, I get annoyed. I'm like, no, let me be mad at God. Okay. Yeah. But no, but like those friends, like my friend Lauren, again, God wants to prosper you. He just doesn't want to harm, harm you. He actually has good things for you. You're just being an idiot. <laughs> like, okay, tell me it's straight. Yeah. Lauren's so much kinder, but I know what she means when she says things. So <laughs> I'm like, if she listens to this. What's up, Lauren? Big plug. <laughs> it's your birthday today, girl. Hey. <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's navigating frustration. Yeah. And it, again, if it goes deeper than that and you're just not, go talk to somebody, a, a professional, and work through because more likely than not, your frustration is probably less with God and more with something in your own heart that you're battling, yeah. which I definitely had to do because after that dark season, I said, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm mad at you and I don't even want to talk to you. 
And then I went and I was like, oh, my desire to, you know, want to be married and want to have children. And I, you know, at the time I'm 25 and I'm like, why am I not, why have I not even dated anybody? Like what's going on? Why do I have this desire? It's not being fulfilled. But that was my own issue because God put those desires there. But I stopped believing that he actually wanted to fulfill them for my life, which made me really bitter towards him and subconsciously kept pushing me further away from him until I got professional help. And she said, hey, you just you, you need help and that's OK. And just kind of walked me through that. And I think that's super important. If you go through the other options, if you yell at God and then you feel a little bit better and you talk to your friend, and you don't feel better after that. And then whatever, like go see somebody like big advocate for therapy. I went once and it changed my whole life like Mm. so much. And so I think even if you give it one shot, you give it 10 shots, 20 shots, whatever you need, it's going to be super beneficial for you in the long run. So, yeah, yeah, that was good. You went off on that. I loved it. I I love to, (laughs) I love mental health guys. Take care of yourselves. Any grandma help with your mental health too. A talking about that later. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. But thanks, Emily. Yeah. Shoot, that was awesome. And I really appreciate you saying yes to this and coming on. Yeah. My second episode. Tailor made. Tailor made. Please. Uh thank you for for just stepping yeah. in and sharing what what you felt like you needed to share and stepping into something that is also unknown for me. So I feel not alone in this, which is very good for my heart. So I really appreciate you being encouraging and helping me. Big shout outs to Taylor too. Thanks for wanting to, this is cool. This is cool. Cause you, you wanted to start this and you were scared and now you're doing it. And so I think that's really cool that you're, you want to use what platform you have to reach more people and to share insight and wisdom about God and what he's doing in other people's lives. And even in your own, I think, that I don't want anybody to look past this and look at who you're interviewing, but to see the interviewee and like you really are incredible and in, in taking this on and figuring out how to make this happen. And so I think you're going to do a lot of good with this. And I just want you to be encouraged by that and thank you know that you are moving forward. And it's really cool to see you go from being so timid about it to <laughs> just literally diving in and doing it. Yeah. And that's so cool. And to see that switch in you that just, you know, it's like, okay, Jesus, let's do this. Yeah. It's really cool and super encouraging. So not just for me, but like I hope a bunch of people are encouraged just by you and who you are. And I want them to know that too. Thanks. So, yeah. Thanks, Emily. We're holding hands. <laughs> We're holding hands. <laughs> One of the people to know. <laughs> he always holds hands. Yes. I love it. Just a greasy spoon without you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sound just like Adriana and Reed. Nice. Bye, guys.